Welcome to the University of Tennessee's first episode of Beacon Tech. My name is Cody Underwood, and I'm a writer here for the Daily Beacon. Alongside me, uh, my name is Dan Onabi, and I work for the digital team here at the Daily Beacon. In these podcasts, we will break down everything tech, starting with cell phones in today's holiday edition. Today, we'll be talking about the iPhone 10, the new Razer phone, and the Google Pixel, just to name a few. So let's kick it off and talk about something a little relevant, timely, uh, still, is the iPhone glitch. Yeah, uh, There's definitely. been something weird going on with I? Is it the I mm-hmm. key? Well, it's not necessarily the, the key on the keyboard specifically, but it's in the autocorrect function with iPhone. It'll take any I, lowercase or uppercase, and it's going to replace it with a capital A space and then a question mark that's surrounded by like a box. It's like within a box. So hieroglyphics, basically. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> it's Apple hieroglyphics. All right. Some sort of conspiracy. I'm not sure what's going on. <laughs> uh, they have, as of now, released an update uh, with 11.1 uh, that fixes it. Which, as somebody like me who jailbreaks a lot, that's really unfortunate to see because I definitely don't want to update my firmware right now and I'm going to be stuck on this glitch for at least a little bit of time until I either know it's safe or I can jailbreak and then maybe find a tweak that fixes it. Mm-hmm. Um, so until then, I'm stuck, which is rather unfortunate. But And it's only for iPhone users because I have yeah. an Android and I'm not experiencing any mm-hmm. kind of issues like that but yeah so far it's only affected people with ios 11 but keeping with the iphone x theme let's talk about the iphone x um as far as like general thoughts and you know with with their new design the new screen the uh, quote-unquote infinity edge display and augmented reality and some of the other things that they led on to in their unveiling what's kind of like your overall thoughts on this phone put it simply but nicely it's pretty but it's a letdown i think that there's a lot of software features that overshadow anything spectacular about the phone that isn't necessarily unique to the iPhone anymore. I mean, augmented reality, I mean, there's a Snapchat update that people can mm-hmm. use augmented reality with their own, you know, character caricature of themselves, Yeah, um, which is really cool. So that's no longer unique. So I, th- I think the other thing is this, there's a little indent in the screen. With the evolution of technology and the evolution of, you know, cell phone screens, uh, and the infinity display that Samsung's busted out, I think that there's a ever more hunger for a really quality screen. And on the iPhone X or iPhone X, uh, there's that break at the very top, I think, where, the, where, you, where you put your ear to listen to conversations. Mm-hmm. It's so distracting, it just doesn't look natural. It it, look yeah, natural. it has no, in my opinion, no fluidity. It creates these harsh edges, almost look like horns, if you take a step back and look at it with, with those top parts of the screen that how is this kind of like where your battery life would show up and like your signal connection and like whether or not you're connected to Wi-Fi. And I think it was just a, a poor design move on Apple's part, especially when you compare it to something like the Note 8, who also utilizes this kind of infinity edge display, but does it in such a much more... Grander scale. Yeah, exactly. Something yeah, a absolutely. little more minimal and just nice to look at in general. I think that I think that Apple really missed the mark and... And, and failed. <laughs> yeah, and, and if I'm going to pay $1,000 for the base price of exactly. a phone, I want the whole screen. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, with, with, um, a, with a base price like that, you, you, can't, you can't throw yourself indented screens along with augmented reality. That's just not going to sell a phone, especially with the price point that you're asking. Right. I think that I think the design they went for it is, is just off. And for, it doesn't work for me. It might work for other people, and especially right. people who are fans of like the whole Apple-verse right. and whatnot. And it's not that it's a horrible phone or it's the trashiest no, one on our not. list, but it's just, I don't know. For you as an iPhone user, I yeah, mean, especially, it comes up a little short. Yeah, as an iPhone user, like I, 
I love Apple's software. I love iOS, and that's one of the main reasons I've kept an iPhone for this long. But this is one of the places where I think I've drawn the biggest line. I was so excited for the release of the X and with, with a different sort of display because the display rooms were out forever that it was going to be Infinity Edge or some sort of design difference, something physical, not just not just internals or software. And to kind of get this as the result doesn't really feel as good as I wanted it to. And especially at the price point it was dropped at. And I, I feel like this certain phone isn't packed with enough features that is going to keep me in. The, like the software itself at this point isn't cutting it because there's so many other phones out there that are that are right. so good right now but for if, cheaper and mm-hmm. if the sacrifice is me hopping over to Android then I think I'm willing to take it. So this is for the Apple diehard fan. Mm-hmm. This is the if you want the next generation of iPhone and everything like that. That's that's kind of who this phone is geared towards. It yeah, sounds like I would definitely agree. This is for the Apple fanatic who wants the latest and greatest and is willing to stop at nothing to get it. And then moving right along to their, I guess, arch rival for lack of a better term, the Samsung Galaxy Note 8. Do you want to talk about that for a minute? Yeah, I think the Samsung Galaxy 8, and this is also coming from somebody who, who really prefers iPhones. Um, I think the Galaxy Note 8 is a lot, makes a lot more sense if you're going for that sort of high-end, not-so-budget-friendly product essentially but coming in at the same price i think mm-hmm. as the iphone with thousand dollars the galaxy note 8 uh, is just a powerhouse of a phone i mean i know people that still use the note 5 so the galaxy note 8 ringing in at the same price as the iphone 10 i think it's just a powerhouse of a phone the stylus is a nice touch you can also it's a hardware function Woohoo! <laughs> um, <laughs> that's something new and you know that people have been looking for this is for the power user I think for someone that's constantly on the go, has to answer emails and stuff like that on the go, doesn't necessarily have time to sit at a computer all day and answer emails and send things out, but someone that's always got to be somewhere, be doing something, that's the kind of phone that the Galaxy 8 is, Note 8 is. Yeah, so. I, I couldn't agree more with, with the statement like that. I think it makes complete sense. It has a IPV water rating of 68, which is really good. Uh, five feet of submersion for up to 30 minutes will hopefully make for an okay phone. It has a fantastic camera. It has an aperture of 1.7 with dual pixel sensors, 12 megapixels with two times optical zoom. So, I mean, it's a really smart, really quick, really snappy camera mm-hmm. for a smartphone right now. And I think that's becoming more and more popular with everybody's phone. And we'll get in more of that with LG V30 later on, but the Galaxy Note 8 by, you know, any means is a, is a solid contender. Yeah. That. And I think it's important to note that the Galaxy Note 8 to me is kind of like the Rolls Royce of Androids. That's interesting. Android phones. Yeah. I think it's it's the top of the line. It's going to be the best kind of experience you're going to get on this kind of operating system. It has a 2.3 gigahertz quad-core processor. I mean, that's a lot of power for a phone. Six gigabytes of RAM and packages with 64, 128, or 256 gigabyte configurations. With expandable memory? As well, right? yeah, As, I believe so. So you can really do a lot mm-hmm. with that kind of phone. And uh, when I say the power user, we're, I like to always kind of do a benchmark of the battery. And so there's a non-removable 3300 milliamp battery in the Samsung Galaxy Note 8, while there is a, a claimed to be a 2700 milliamp battery in the iPhone 10. Yeah. So that's almost, that's a huge difference. Um, and like I said, for anybody that uses their phone constantly, that battery is going to be a, a big uh, part of their decision making. Yeah, and especially when you when you line that up to the iPhone X, these guys have pretty similar resolutions and screen scales, especially since Apple made the switch over to that Infinity Edge display. 
you need to have something that can push those pixels. And I think it's important to note that a 2700 milliamp hour battery might not be able to cut it. And I think that for somebody who's really oriented to work and that work lifestyle, traveling a lot maybe, I think the Note 8 is, is a much better choice comparatively. Yeah. The only thing, we talk about ergonomics a lot in cell phones and when you try to, you know, when you wanna go buy a cell phone, you wanna go try it out in the store and see how it feels in your hand. The only issue I have with the Note 8 is that it's big. It's, was it 6.3 inches tall? That's just the um, screen. Or just, that's just the screen. So, I mean, it's, it's a pretty big phone. And when I went into the store and I was holding one of them in my hand, it, it just felt like a really, like a, we bring back the phablet. Uh, term. Uh, it, it really felt really big, but it, it, uh, the infinity screen helped with that for some reason. I don't know why, but it just felt more comfortable with the infinity screen. Mm -hmm. But it just, it is a big phone. There's no way around that. It's a huge phone. Yeah. Well, imagine if they would have taken Apple's route in like what they did with the iPhone 8 and they would have had borders and stuff. I mean, it would have made for just such a big phone that it would have been almost unbearable to try mm -hmm. to carry. I couldn't imagine. Yeah. But yeah, the, the iPhone X does have a significantly smaller screen coming in at 5.8 inches comparatively to 6.3 like we talked about earlier. And with both of these phones having such an infinity edge display, those numbers are gonna be very similar when it comes to the dimensions of the actual phone. So I believe the iPhone is right around 5.8 inches. And for $1,000, you get the entire screen on the Samsung. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you get everything. You really do. And you get an S Pen that yeah. has its own hardware functionalities. Yeah. So I think, if you want to talk about the best bang for your buck mm -hmm. in terms of holiday tech, that in these two phones, that maybe the Samsung, as an objective uh, overall look at it, may take the cake. Yeah, no, I would definitely agree with, with both of these very high-end smartphones, like the iPhone X and, and Samsung Galaxy Note 8, these two very major players in the smartphone game. I think if you're going to go for one of these top products and you really want one of these, you know, you want to spend $1,000, you either want the iPhone X or the Note 8 and you can't really decide, it's going to be uh, pretty subjective, especially since there's a, there's a software difference, right? There's mm -hmm. different operating systems, mm -hmm. but you just get a lot more with the Galaxy Note 8, I think. I think that there's a better, there's a better camera on it. Well, actually 12 point or 12 megapixel resolution camera, same with the iPhone. The Note 8 does take 4K video, does the iPhone? I believe it does iPhone 10 should, yeah. Okay, so they both take 4K video. So, comparison to the cameras, they actually have uh, pretty similar options. I still, I still would have to go Note 8 on this though. Yeah. I think with screen size and just the this the amount of phone that the Galaxy Note 8 brings to the table, especially for that kind of power. money. Yeah, uh, six gigabytes of RAM. That's a step up. I mean, you kind of just can't beat stuff like this. Mm -hmm. so let's move on to our another another phone. Uh, you want to talk about the Google Pixel or the Razer next? Um, let's go. Let's go for the pixels. Let's go for the pixels. There's yeah. two versions of the pixel. Mm -hmm. There's yeah. the two and the two XL. Yeah. Which surprisingly enough, uh, they actually have different makers. I believe yeah. so. Right. Mm -hmm. The Pixel Two is Google's phone, the Google Pixel Two, and then the actual Pixel Two XL is LG, right? LG or HTC? We have to. I'm not I, yeah, entirely sure. Two. But anyway, it's um, very. It's kind of strange seeing two phones that are almost like. Feel like they're supposed to be related to each other, but in they're in almost turn, they're, competing, you know. Almost, yeah, they are, which is very interesting. But the Google Pixel, I had one of the uh, the Nexus a long time ago. That was one of the original Google uh, phones, and I loved it. And I really wanted to love the Google Pixel Two, but the shortfall with the Google Pixel Two is the battery. Once again, a 2,700 milliamp battery. The phone I have now, which is almost two years old, has more battery or has more juice. Um, 
than on at least on paper um, than the Google Pixel 2 so far. But I do like that it has a manageable screen size, a five-inch screen size. It's not too big. It's not too bulky. It's not a phablet or anything like that. It's got a slim, sleek design with 64. To, it has a two versions, 64 to 128 gigabytes. I also like the new kind of quirky uh, colors that yeah. they did. It's not just the old silver and the black, mm-hmm. you know, or slate gray or. I've noticed you know, that on space, a few whatever. smartphones, though. They've got a stormtrooper version, which is white, Whoa. black, and has an orange bezel. Uh, or orange uh, button, hardware button. That's pretty really unique. cool. And yeah. they call it the Stormtrooper version. And there's also this teal, you know, baby bluish kind of color with mm-hmm. a bright blue, sky blue, almost teal um, uh, power button on the side. So I, I think it's very trendy. Yeah, uh, well, I think, phone. I think part of what we're seeing is we're seeing a bit of a push for, for these companies to build their phones a little better and a little more a little more tougher so that way you don't have to have that kind of like bulky case on there mm-hmm. so what we're seeing is we're seeing more colors because less people are using cases because these phones are getting built better and the result is a lot i mean it's a lot better user experience obviously mm-hmm. you know not having a case on your phone is really nice it feels better it's sleeker it's more minimal and so if you're into that it's definitely something to look at but yeah this uh the pixel 2 specifically has a qualcomm snapdragon 835 Four gigabytes of RAM, um, and like we said earlier, 64 gigabyte and 128 gigabyte configurations. Um, and I, I would definitely agree with you that the shortcoming on this phone is the battery. And especially in comparison to the Pixel 2 XL, that the has 3,500. 30, exactly, yes. That's a huge battery. Mm-hmm. That's huge. That's, that's The phone itself is also a lot bigger with the dimensions and weight. The Pixel 2 is 5.66 inches tall with the Pixel XL being 6.09 inches tall. Yeah, but I think I would gladly take that 0.5 inch increase for that much more battery life. I mean, That's we're talking a, almost a thousand milliamps. Yeah. That's yeah, a huge yeah. increase. Absolutely. Yeah. So this is for, what What kind of phone would this be marketed toward? What kind of phone is, are we talking about here? Someone that's not necessarily a power user, but someone that just uses it often. Yeah, I think this phone is for somebody who who kind of wants something maybe not so mainstream and is a little more ingrained with technology. A unique feature about this phone that not many phones on our list carry is that it has a USB-C port for charging. Mm-hmm. And the reason why that is like kind of important is because a lot of the chargers that come with these phones are going to have like 45 watt or maybe even 60 watt output if you're lucky. And with those kinds of numbers, that's enough to charge um, a MacBook, for example, especially since they did, they've done their whole switch to USB Type-C. And even this computer that I have in front of me right now, right now I have a Dell XPS uh, 13 with Thunderbolt capable USB-C. And if the wattage is high enough, then I have two ways of charging my computer which is I mean that's a lot of bang for your buck right there oh yeah Talking getting about a whole new charger for your exactly. laptop so I think that's also important to mention um, but yeah moving on waterproof um, uh, IP67 certified we didn't mention this about the other phones but the, both iPhone and the Samsung are waterproof I'm not sure about the IP rating exactly. I believe the iPhone X is, uh, uh, is supposed to be resistant but the Note 8 does actually have a 68 IP water okay. rating which is good for 5 feet at 30 minutes yes yeah Without, or I mean, supposedly without dying. Right. I mean, you're okay with leaving it in, you know, steamy situations. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, um, you're, obviously, so you don't want to go deep sea fishing with it. Exactly. But I think you know, general use. If it gets wet, mm-hmm. you know, if, it's if you drop it in the sink, like yeah, exactly. or if you drop it in a puddle or whatever, so, but, it, it will be fine. Right. 
which is which is always important to mention because accidents happen. Mm-hmm. But yeah. The other thing about the Google phone, at least for the Pixel 2, is that there isn't, you can't, um, there's no card slot. There's no expandable memory, expandable storage. It comes in 64, 128 gigabytes with four gigabytes of RAM, which is two gigabytes less than the Note. Mm-hmm. Eight, I think. I think it's also important to mention though that this phone comes in at six hundred and fifty dollars. Yes. That's a half uh, the price of yeah, both that. of the phone, <laughs> other phones. Yeah. I mean that's yeah, that's very close. And I mean the features that this phone packs, especially for the prices, is pretty impressive. I mean, mm-hmm. we're seeing we're seeing processors that are gonna be similar. We do see a little bit less RAM. Um, the Note 8 has 6, while this one only has 4, if we're talking in terms of Android, and it doesn't have expandable memory. But these are all features that I would be willing to take a loss on for this kind of price. The other thing about the Google Pixel 2, maybe people don't know, is that their fingerprint sensor is on the phone. It's on the rear of the phone. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it's a lot like an LG V20, I think, was the one, or the, any LG G something. The G series had... Um, the fingerprint sensor on the rear of the phone. And that was basically the way you powered on, powered off, and stuff like that. Um, I had a relative that bought one of these kinds of phones, and it took a little time to get used to. So if you're not used to that, or if that's a deal breaker for you, just uh, keep that in mind, um, that the fingerprint sensor power button is on the rear of the phone, not on the side. So it's not as intuitive, you know, from from opening the box as it may seem. Mm -hmm. So just remember that. I really like that way, though. It's of, comfortable. Yeah, it's, yeah. I think it's very natural. Yes. It's ambidextrous for any of the left-handed users, which um, is actually an issue if if somebody is left-handed. Uh, there's a phone that we're talking about coming up that has a power button on the side, the right side specifically designed for right-handed users that has a fingerprint scanner. And for somebody who's left-handed, that would be rather awkward. So yeah. it's definitely a nice feature that really serves to everybody. Mm-hmm. So... Let's talk about that next. That's that phone. Am I assuming you're speaking about the Razer? I am. Yep. Yeah. So the this Razer one phone. is pretty new. I just heard yeah. about it maybe a week ago. Mm-hmm. Definitely something unexpected. There was almost no hype behind this. There, nobody really knew it was going to be released. It just kind of popped up one day, and it's it's making a big splash in the market because it's bring bringing a lot of features that we haven't seen in mainstream phones from a mainstream company whose first iteration of the phone so far has been really amazing. And the phone that we're talking about is the new Razer phone. Um, Razer, for those who don't know, is typically a gaming peripheral company, although they do carry stuff like laptops and whatnot. And this is their first iteration of a phone. And it's got, just to name some of the specs, I mean, let's just begin with the battery. 4,000 milliamp battery. Mm-hmm. That's one of the biggest Huge. 500 more than yeah. the Pixel and the, the, I think even the Note. Yeah, the and Note that 8. phone's huge. Yeah. Yeah. With 12 megapixel dual cameras, the front was 8 megapixels, rear was 12 megapixels, with the screen 120 hertz ultra motion. Mm-hmm. Um, so this phone was made by gamers, mm. for gamers. Yeah, I mean, pretty much. You could pretty much say. Razer's definitely a gaming company. Absolutely. And this phone, so far that I've seen it been described, it's been described as a gaming phone. Mm-hmm. You see this kind of 120 hertz screen, which is something that we've almost never seen hit the mainstream, as, as well as a huge battery size. Like this phone is almost the definition of a phone that you would buy to game on. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think it's also important to mention that when I say something like that, that this phone would also be very good for general use. If you're 
just a person who like almost like me I don't do a lot with my phone if I do anything with you know the internet or online I'll I'll go over to my desktop or I'll use my laptop but I do use my phone for social media uh, texting and calling and Spotify and occasionally some apps and whatnot and I'm considering this phone extremely heavily for my next purchase and I'm not I'm not I'm not a mobile gamer any gaming I do on desktop but the specs that this thing brings out especially for the price is just something that's so impressive like like you said, 12 megapixel camera, which matches the iPhone X, has eight gigabyte dual channel um, RAM, which is the highest we've seen out of any phone that we've talked about between the iPhone X or the Note 8, um, Snapdragon 835, mainstream processor, um, and then the the other two big features, the 4,000 milliamp hour battery and the uh, 120 hertz, all at a price of $699. $699 with the base uh, storage being 64 gigabytes mm -hmm. with uh, external slot that can go up to two terabytes. Yeah, that's and so much for a phone. For those that don't speak tech, it's two terabytes is two thousand gigabytes. Yeah, which is so quite it's, a step up. That's huge. Yeah. Um, I mean, I could fit my entire iTunes library, yeah. maybe my friend's <laughs> iTunes library. I could fit everything on my desktop <laughs> yeah. in there. I don't have a terabyte on my desktop. <laughs> so. Yeah, it's just it's insane. What you can pack into a phone this these Absolutely. days, but. This is probably one of the most feature-packed phones for somebody who knows about tech and maybe is interested at some point in mobile gaming and wants a, good, a great phone that should last a while running Android. This does run Android um, at $699, which I think, like I said, for all the features that it packs, I don't think you can really ask for a much better price than $700. Right. Yeah. With that being said, let's move into one of my favorites because this one sounded like it might have been yours so far um, and we'll do a little pick section about the best for uh, sure bang for your buck at the <laughs> end of this but uh, let's go into the one plus category the one plus five Definitely. so one plus is the company the one plus five is the phone um, and ringing in at like five hundred and thirty nine dollars you can get a really feature-packed Android enthusiast phone in the one plus five. Oh yeah and totally their mantra and their motto is never settle um, and that's kind of what they're going for. Um, you get the base model is 64 gigabytes with 128 gigabyte iteration available. Um, the battery is uh, 34 or 3300 milliamp battery. Mm -hmm. So I'm just really excited about this phone because especially during the holiday season, you can bundle this one uh, when you purchase it and you can ask the company to bundle it with backpacks, I mean, Bluetooth speakers, headphones, all those kinds of things, and it still would ring in under the Samsung and underneath. You can buy all of the accessories that it is offered and still come in underneath the same price tag as an iPhone X or iPhone 10. Yeah, definitely a more budget-friendly phone, but I mean, it's no less feature-packed. It has a 16-megapixel rear-facing camera, which is four megapixels higher than what we've seen on the iPhone X and the Note 8 and the Razer phone. Um, I think, like I said earlier, another important feature to mention, um, USB Type-C charging, which the Razer phone also has. I feel like that's important to mention. So you do have some cross-compatibility there. Uh, the OnePlus 5 is also available in 6 and 8 gigabytes of RAM. And yeah. it starts at 6. Yeah, and it so starts. So the phone starts with 6 gigabytes of RAM at the base model with 64 gigabytes of uh, storage. So I thought that was pretty impressive. Mm -hmm. And then to bump it up another two hundred, another $100 or so um, to the 539 version, 
was eight gigabytes with 120. I mean, that's that's equivalent to. I mean, my laptop's got 128 gigabytes of hard drive um, storage. Yeah. So I thought that was really cool. I think another important uh, feature to mention would be fast charging, mm-hmm. and we have seen this on a couple phones before. I believe that almost all um, phones that we are going to talk about today have some sort of iteration of fast charging. I believe the iPhone X and Note 8 do. I know for sure that the Razer phone does, and uh, the OnePlus 5 also has their own branding version of Dash Charge. I'm not really sure what the exact uh, time to percent ratio is. Um, for Razer, however, it's 50% in 15 minutes, which I mean, for a 4,000 milliamp hour battery is pretty good. So you would hope for the OnePlus 5, maybe around 20 minutes or so would get you a half charge. Mm-hmm. Or at least that's what we can hope, so. The other thing I like about the OnePlus 5 is basic just the look. Mm-hmm. It's a basic looking phone. If you've ever seen a Nexus, a Google Nexus phone, it looks very similar to that with the fingerprint scanner at the very bottom. It's like we said, ambidextrous. Uh, you can, left or right-handed users can you, you know easily access their menus and everything like that. Um, and it comes in this black, slate black, matte black kind of color. I really like that. Um, maybe it's just my personal preference, but I kind of like simplicity with functionality mm-hmm. and, I would definitely in agree. my phones. And I think the OnePlus 5 captures that really well mm-hmm. um, for the price. And I think you uh, the only downside uh, to the OnePlus 5, the biggest downside for me is that you, it's not a carrier phone. Like nobody, like T-Mobile, Verizon, Sprint, all those guys, they don't carry it's this phone. a GSM phone. only. You'd have to characters. buy it from the company itself, yeah. the manufacturer. Which, That's the only downside. Because yeah. I'd like to go out and say, oh, you know, set me up on a contract for the new phone and I'll mm-hmm. pay, you know, 20 bucks a month or whatever to pay it off. But the OnePlus 5, you can't do that. But it's, it is cheaper. It's yeah. a lot cheaper to compensate for that, so it's kind of a it's a win-win situation. Yeah, it's compensating for each other there. Yeah, you do have to buy this phone outright, which is unfortunate for somebody who might want to spread it out over a couple months. But um, I think it's also important to mention that this phone does have GSM or yeah, sorry, GSM and CDMA, which means that it will be available for all carriers ranging from you know Verizon to T-Mobile and whatnot. However, going back to the other phone we were talking about, the Razer phone. They are GSM only, which unfortunately means that as of right now, you will only be able to use the Razer phone with unlocked carriers um, such as T-Mobile and AT&T. Phone companies like Verizon uh, run on CDMA only, and I believe Sprint does too. So with, you know, that kind of phone, that's definitely going to be something you should consider because what's the point in buying a phone if you're not going to be able to use it with your provider? I think that's enough on the OnePlus 5. Yeah. Let's move on to, uh, you want to talk about the Essential phone? Of course. I, it's I kind of in the same group, yeah, ballpark there. Together. And uh, from what I'm seeing here, the Essential phone's already got a cool color combination going on. It's called Ocean Depths. It's like a weird turquoise green with like a bronze trim. That's cool. So, I mean, just as aesthetics go, uh, the Essential Phone's kind of got my attention in that category. Mm-hmm. And it also features, looks like the back fingerprint reader, yep. just like the Pixel, mm-hmm. um, which I said, you know, takes some time to get used to, but isn't a deal breaker. I think this phone is, is very feature packed for what it is, and especially the price point it comes in. So let's start there. Yeah. Um, it comes in at $499, which so far is the cheapest one on our list. And this phone is still arguably like, a huge competitor. Um, starting off, it does have uh, four gigabytes of RAM. That's standard. That's all it comes in. And the storage is 120 gigabytes, which I also believe is standard. And that's all it comes in. And it's non-expandable. 
non-expandable. Right. Yeah, non-expandable. Um, however, it does have a 3,000 milliamp hour battery, mm -hmm. which is, it's nice to see. I think that's a good size battery, especially for this kind of phone. Um, it has fast charging too with USB Type-C. Yeah, exactly. So that's another So we're seeing side. a lot of overlap there. Mm -hmm. But I mean, at this, with a phone like this, I think 3,000 milliamps was probably the minimal. It has a quad HD display at 2500 uh, by 1312 uh, resolution, which is a really nice resolution. And I think, I think the thing I like about this phone so much is just how it looks. I mean, just like looking at pictures of it, it has such a nice infinity edge display toward the top. Um, I believe it's pretty buttonless uh, other than like the sides and the fingerprint reader on the back. But it has a very sleek design and it boasts some very compelling features for yeah. the price point. We're talking about cameras too. Um, through all these cam through all these uh, phones, the Essential has a 13 megapixel uh, front or rear facing camera, and the front camera is eight megapixels too. But I think that that's pretty good, especially coming from a maybe not as well of a known brand or as well of a known manufacturer. So I think that's pretty cool. It also has 4K recording possibilities at 30 frames per second and 1080, 1080p recording capabilities at 60 frames per second. So I think those are pretty pretty good combinations of camera and uh, video capabilities, which a lot more people are um, becoming um, not used to, but more exp expecting, expecting yeah. more out of their cameras on their phone. Mm -hmm. 4K is becoming extremely mainstream, and I think we've seen it as a feature throughout all the phones that we've talked about. Um, which is really nice to see. I think 4K is definitely in the move, especially when you see these higher quality screens coming into play. This one having a quad core, or I'm sorry, a quad HD display, which isn't quite 4K, but I feel like at some point we're gonna get there. So that's really nice to see as well. Just a little bit of future proofing. Yeah, future proofing. Exactly. Mm -hmm. This one is not uh, water or dust resistant. It is, but to a very small degree, especially uh, in comparison. Or something yeah. like that. Especially in comparison to the Note 8, which boasts a IP68 rating. This one only has an IP54, so it's going to be the bare minimum of water and dust resistant. I wouldn't worry too much about getting a little bit of, you know, water on it, but you definitely wouldn't want to submerge this phone anywhere. Exactly. That would result in a very swift death. But yeah, it's a very impressive phone with an even more impressive uh, price. I think this phone is, is for somebody who, who wants that kind of feature-packed phone and isn't afraid to kind of go off the beaten path to find it. Now, the other thing about this phone, though, is that it, I don't think a carrier offers this to any of its uh, patrons. Uh, Sprint, and that's uh, it. Is, that, is it Sprint only? Mm -hmm. But otherwise, you'd have to buy it straight from yep. Essential. Mm -hmm. And then <clears throat> the nice thing about it, though, is that it is unlocked. So once you do buy it outright, um, if it's not from Sprint, you can take it to whatever phone carrier you have, and you can get it all set up, and, and everything will be okay. And the Essential phone actually gives me a lot of high hopes for the Razer phone, kind of going back to that. I know I've been pushing back and drawing a lot of comparisons with it, but it's one of the newest phones here, and it's going to be one of the hotter phones of 2017. And the Essential phone used to be a lot like the Razer phone in that it didn't offer CDMA. It was only available with AT&T and T-Mobile, those unlocked carriers. Um, but right before, I, I believe it was before it got released, um, they had a deal with Verizon or somebody, and um, it was able to be, I'm, well, I'm assuming it was Sprint because you can buy it from Sprint, but now it's compatible with CDMA carriers. Mm. So with the Central phone, you can buy it and you can take it to any carrier at all, and they'll be able to activate it and replace your phone with it. So that's really nice to see. That's awesome. Yeah. So I'm hoping that happens to the Razer phone because, well, that means I can buy it. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I want that phone. But yeah. So... That wraps up kind of everything about the Essential phone. We're moving yeah. on to our two, kind of, these two next phones kind of go hand in hand. Mm -hmm. um, 
I consider them the underdog powerhouses. Yeah, these uh, are definitely some not so well known phones that. The brand is well known. Yeah, their brand's well known, but, but I, don't, I don't think the phone themselves are right. extremely popular. But right. they should be considering all the all the kind of features that yes. these phones have. And I mean, you talked about the Razer being maybe one of your next purchases. This upcoming phone we're about to talk about. One of these phones may be one of my uh, upcoming purchases. Um, so let's dive into the LG phones, the LG yep. V30 and the LG V20. Now, the LG mm-hmm. V20 is the older brother or the generation before the LG V30, but I have it on this list because I think it is such a strong phone for the price that it's at right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think now you, we can call this, the LG V20, one of the cheapest phones on the list. I, I think uh, you're I think right. it's coming at like $250 or something like that. Uh, on Amazon, it retails for $319, but okay. I mean... With that kind of price point, you can't you can't necessarily like discount it yet. It has 64 gigabytes of internal storage as well as with dual rear cameras, uh, 16 megapixels. That's a lot behind a camera, and especially for one that's this old, I'm surprised that this phone didn't have a little bit more hype behind it. Because I mean, some of the some of the specifications that it's it has is, is just yeah, the really v, nice. The V20 I've actually um, has a 3200 milliamp battery, which is right there with all the mm-hmm. other phones that we've talked about today has a 16 megapixel camera yeah rear facing camera and that's almost in some instances better than the other phones that we've talked about today four gigabytes of ram it's 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 on the lower spectrum for that but i mean uh it is an older phone um it has a 5.7 inch size screen and the screen is awesome i mean when you hold it in your hand it feels like the phone is ergonomically correct uh, mm-hmm. It just feels great, and the screen size is just the right ratio and everything with the bezels on the top and the bottom. I feel like the LG V20, unlike the iPhone <clears throat> X, there's consistency between the bezels on the top and the bottom, whereas on the iPhone, there's that break at the top that just feels yep. unnatural. Mm-hmm. This one feels very symmetrical, very put together, and it's just a solid phone. Um, for the, it just, it's, If you bought this when it first came out, you were definitely future-proofed. Oh yeah, um, for sure. The other thing about the V20 that the V30 does in a certain way, and we'll get to that in a minute, is the uh, there's a hardware feature on the phone. I forget the name of it. It's called something bar. It's the touch bar at the very top that allows you to view multiple or interact with multiple apps at mm-hmm. one time. So you'll be able to see, you know, or you can manipulate that bar at the very top. It's a, it's a lot like if anybody knows the MacBook. Yep, um, the new 20. Was it the 2016 MacBook that had the touch bar? 2016 or 2017. I think it was late 2016 because yeah. the early 2017 ones moved to USB-C. Okay. So, yeah, it was definitely uh, a very cool feature. And it's hard to explain over the air without being able to show anybody. Yeah. But if you ever get a chance to see that, you'll know what I'm talking about. It's a very cool feature. You don't have to use it. Actually, you do have to use it. Um, it is a hardware feature on the LG V20. But on the LG V30, they make it optional. Um, and they make it optional so you can really, really customize it the way you want to. And I really like that. Yeah, I definitely <coughs> like, I like the B20 for what it is and especially the price it comes in. But looking at the LG V30, I mean, it's such a nice looking phone. It comes in at, um, as a six inch quad HD display, 2880 by 1440p, uh, rear facing 16 megapixel cameras, uh, same as the uh, LG V20 and a 3300, so 100 more milliamp hour battery. I mean, this this is a really nice phone. It, ha- it does only have four gigabytes of RAM, so I'll take that away from it. 
But I mean, 64, 120 gigabyte configurations, very standard. But I mean, you can't really beat that kind of camera quality with the battery life with this kind of display. It's just, it's a really good package altogether. And I believe the price point, especially for the LG 30, isn't isn't that bad. And in comparison with the V20, I think it's worth it. I think so too. And this phone is carrier friendly, which means that there are carriers out there that do carry the phone and you can purchase from a carrier and set yourself up on a contract. I don't think that it's restricted either. I don't think I think you can almost get this from any carrier, Sprint, Verizon, T-Mobile, AT&T, all the above, uh, which I think is really cool. The other thing is that the LG V30 has a external SD slot so you can add um, always a good feature more memory if you need to if you find yourself running out of room for your tunes uh, you can always add more and one of the cool things that the LG V30 and the LG brand overall really tries to market itself on is photography and cinematography and more specifically mobile photography and mobile cinematography and they have a cinemode it's a software feature uh, it's not necessarily a hardware feature but it's really something unique to this particular phone. I don't think any other phone has the amount of capabilities or the amount of editing capabilities or post-production type of things or even on-the-spot types of adjustments that the LG V30 does. It's really uh, a really good phone. It, it competes with like a point-and-shoot camera yeah. um, when it comes to those types of things. I mean, you can add a filter, make it look like an old Western movie while you're <laughs> shooting. You know, mm -hmm. all of a sudden, I think it's really interesting. And if you ever get a chance to look it up, some test videos, I mean, we can't show you here, obviously, but mm -hmm. the test videos you can see are re really cool. Yeah, well, I mean, look at some of these resolutions. <laughs> I mean, with the 16 megapixel lens at 1.6 aperture, you can shoot 4,656 pixels by uh, 3,492. That's more than 4K. Standard 4K is 38 um, 20 by like, I don't know, 28 something. I mean, that, that, that's a very nice high quality picture with a, with a nice aspect ratio that you could do a lot with. Mm -hmm. You know, th this could be a phone for a photo enthusiast who really maybe doesn't have the budget right now. So you kind of buy a two-in-one, you buy a phone that can also double as like at least a little bit of a point to something to get you started. Right. This phone will get you good pictures. And I mean, I think that's that's one of its biggest selling points. Yep, and we, I don't know if you mentioned this, you probably did, that the, the rear cameras, the main cameras that we use, mm -hmm. they're dual rear cameras with 16 megapixels with a 1.6 aperture, which is really um, awesome. Then the, the other one is a 13 megapixel wide angle lens uh, with a field of view of 120 degrees. So you've almost kind of got a GoPro-ish camera yeah. at the p touch of a button mm -hmm. and then with the opposite touch of the button, you, touch, you, you know, you switch over, you have a point and shoot yeah. ready to go. That's really kind of, that's really, like, I think that's a really good selling point for the LG in this phone. Yeah, and even with that 13 megapixel wide angle, you still see above 4,000 by 3,000 pixels. I mean, it, it's just, it takes really nice pictures and you're really not gonna beat, I mean, with any other phone at least, you're really not gonna beat the kind of quality that you can get from this. So I think this phone is definitely geared towards somebody who's willing to maybe spend a little more money uh, but you're definitely getting a nice uh, feature-packed phone. It's going to be a great experience, and you're definitely going to be able to take good pictures. So if photography and mobile photography and, and the need for it is on your mind when you're buying phones, definitely check out the LG V30 as well as the V20 if you want something even cheaper. Um, but the LG V20 will have features that some people will not always like. That non-optional hardware built-in touch bar for me is almost a killer. 
Um, I, I don't like the aesthetic. I don't like the design. Um, slightly smaller battery <coughs> and uh, still though with that great dual uh, rear camera setup. So right. just to quickly yeah. mention about the hardware feature on the LG V20, the LG V30 has that same thing, but it's called the floating bar. Um, so instead of it being an actual hardware feature, LG V30s made it an option for you to get rid of or for you to keep and manipulate and uh, kind of customize however you'd like. So just thought I'd throw that out there. Yeah. The only downside to the LG V30 was selfies. The front <laughs> race, the front facing camera has, I think, the worst out of all the phones yeah. that we've looked <laughs> Ironically at enough, with a five megapixel, yeah, um, that two point two aperture. Mm -hmm, the lens. biggest downside for anybody trying to take selfies that was, you know, it's not that they take bad pictures. If we're just looking at you know straight stats, mm -hmm. it does have the worst one. Yes, it, it, you know, it does. a lot of other things come into consideration like the lighting and mm -hmm. you know everything like that. Yeah. But in terms of just look on paper, it does have the worst front-facing camera. Yeah, I mean it does make up for it in, in the rear, so Absolutely. I think that's that's nice to know. <laughs> but what a terrible front-facing camera! Five yes. megapixels. I mean, in comparison, to like the Razer phone, the Razer has eight. Mm -hmm. I mean, the iPhone X probably has something better than that too. Yeah. I mean, that's just unfortunate. But so still, overall, a great phone. I think that probably covers all of the phones that we wanted to talk about today. Yeah. And our we've still have to make a decision ourselves on which ones we pick mm -hmm. uh, holiday tech edition for the beacon tech podcast what's your pick for the best bang for your buck in terms of cell phones well i was going back and forth a lot but i think in the end what i'm going to come down to is i think the essential phone is for me the most budget friendly uh and it has such a nice mix of packed features. You know, it has a 13 megapixel camera, so it kind of falls in the middle there. I mean, it, it has it has such a beautiful display with a quad HD uh, 2560 by 1312 display. You kind of can't beat something like this. 3,000 milliamp hour battery. It does have um, built-in RAM and storage, which are non-expandable, but those are two features that, within a phone, I'm willing to sacrifice a little bit, a little bit of performance for a little less price and a little more usability. So I think the essential phone is definitely my pick for really? yeah for a budget-friendly holiday phone that you can get for any Android lover and I like it. That's interesting. Yeah, I think it's definitely the most middle ground. That surprises I, me. I don't yeah, because I wasn't I was expecting the Razer or the iPhone. Well, I, I definitely think the Razer is good, but <laughs> I think that there's features that aren't necessarily for everybody. And for $200 more, I don't think some people are going to take advantage of those features. What about you? Okay. What, what would your pick for... Well, I was a diehard OnePlus 5 fan at one point, but after, uh, you know, talking about its weak points and having to buy it from a manufacturer and all this other stuff, and, you know, I know it's a really good price and everything like that, but I think the LG V30 takes the cake. Uh, yeah. For me, I think the LG V30, you can make payments on it and you could put a down payment on it and make smaller payments throughout mm -hmm. the course of your contract or whatever you want to. And I'd rather have a phone that was underhyped and overdelivered than overhyped and underdelivered. Yeah. And if you can read between the lines of what I'm saying <laughs> right now, you'd understand who I'm calling out <laughs> um, if you want to put it that way. But I think that LG V30 was definitely a sleeper phone. Um, mm -hmm. within the mainstream uh, market of cellular phones and cellular devices, but I think it, it makes a definite impact in that court kind of community. I think it has a strong battery, which is huge for me, has a great screen, uh, great, screen. great ergonomics, great cameras, great mm -hmm. everything. So I don't really have much you know, to say 
about the LGV30 that's bad. I do like the floating bar and you know the price it's a it's it's a workable issue. It's not something that I can't you know not fix if that mm-hmm. makes sense. Yeah. Um, so I can save up a little bit and put more on down payment or pay off half the phone and you know figure that out. But uh, it has everything I think that I would want for. I mean I'm a power user and it has yeah. a, a, a solid battery and everything. So I think I'm gonna. I think I'm gonna do the LG, I'm picking the LG V30. Yeah, I think that's still a great choice. Um, so yeah, all these phones that we've covered today, they're extremely subjective. Some are gonna work better for some people and some are gonna work better for others. But I think what's really important to know is that after all of this, it just comes down to personal preference. What you feel comfortable with using, what you wanna use, um, maybe you like the design of something a little better, even maybe though it's a little expensive or you know, maybe it doesn't have all the features that you need it to. But when it comes down to it, you have to use it every day. So pick a phone that you like or pick a phone that the person you're getting the phone for will like. But yeah, I think that wraps up uh, the first episode of Beacon Tech. Thank you for joining us. And please be sure to leave comments down below telling us what you want to see, what you want to hear. Um, we should hopefully at some point have a camera set up and you will be able to see both of us. We'll be able to interact a little more and it'll be a better experience for everybody. Um, But yeah, until then, my name is Daniel Navi. I'm Cody Underwood. Thanks for listening, guys. Have a good one.